I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. This is our 10th lesson in this quarter, Pastor Howard, all about rest in Christ. And That's our right. topic this week is <laughs> Sabbath rest. As I say, it's our 10th lesson, but it's our second one on the Sabbath rest. Now, the last one yes. was called Rhythms of Rest. Yes. And, and you had alluded in that study that uh, you hadn't gone completely through Lesson 10, but mm -hmm. it was kind of a part two exactly. of the last, and it indeed and is. And I was saying, it <laughs> turned out to be just that very thing. That's okay, though. There's, I'm sure, more we can plumb in the depths yes. of the Sabbath topic, and so it's going to be good. Um, before we do that, before you go into our talking points, how about we start with a word of prayer, then you can yes. walk us through the lesson. Why do we do that? All right. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to study these important themes, and particularly the topic of the Sabbath. Help us to see not just new light, but appreciate the light that we have and look for new ways to apply that light in our lives. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Rest in Christ, Sabbath rest. Mm -hmm. And as the intro says on Sabbath, uh, the last paragraph on Sabbath's lesson says, this week we will look more at the rest God has given us in the Sabbath commandment and why it's important. Now, obviously, there's going to be yep. some repetition in this lesson, but here are our takeaway talking points. In fact, I have four this week. Whoa, so, <laughs> breaking the mold. We really have three, and you'll see what I mean in a minute. Okay. Talking point number one, the Sabbath reminds us of our divine purpose. Okay. That's a little bit of a repetition from last week's about mm -hmm. the Sabbath being a memorial of creation. We'll see that in a minute. But that's drawn from Sunday's lesson. Number two, the Sabbath is a continual reminder of God's power over sin. Mm. This really is a repetition of yes. a point last week. So it's... Point number two, but it's kind of like I wasn't going to have it at all, but there's a little piece. We're going to take another angle on it, maybe draw something else out. Okay. So number two, the Sabbath is a continual reminder of God's power over sin. That's Monday's lesson. Number three, true Sabbath keeping cultivates a love for souls. Mm. True Sabbath keeping. Mm -hmm. And that's Tuesday and Wednesday. And finally, true, Sab true Sabbath keeping once again, as contrasted with false. We'll see that in a minute. Or I don't even want to say false, just disingenuous. Yeah. True Sabbath keeping is the sign that we belong to God. That's drawn from Thursday's lesson. So those were our talking points for the week. All right. So there is going to be, obviously, it's the same theme as last week and yes. even some of the same talking points, if you will, but maybe a different take on them and it's expanded into new territory this week. That's right. All right. Well, let's get into it then. Ta tell us about this Talking point number one, our divine purpose. The Sabbath reminds us of our divine okay, purpose. Okay, so if you are just tuning in to talking points or you're fairly new to talking points, our goal in talking points is to highlight some things in these talking points. It's not necessarily how we would teach the lesson. If I were actually teaching the lesson, I'd have more time and I would elaborate a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So there's certain texts we don't look up in talking points that I would in the class setting, sure. that kind of thing. So Monday's lesson draws us back to the or not Mondays, uh, Sunday's lesson draws us back to the commandment. Remember mm -hmm. the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Builds on that idea of remembering that you can't remember something that didn't happen. So it obviously implies a, a something that is an experience that's already you've already had. And, and the remember part of the Sabbath points us back to creation if we're reading that in Exodus mm -hmm, in the Ten mm -hmm. Commandments. And so the Sabbath is a memorial of creation. And the, what I drew from that is, among other things, this is intended to remind us that we are created with a purpose. I think mm. this is really an important part of Sabbath keeping. Like, what does it mean to remember God's our creator? Well, there's a lot of parts to that. Mm -hmm. But one important part is, if he's our creator, I'm created. I'm not an accident. Uh, I'm not a, uh, uh, just a happenstance. That mm -hmm. I There's a purpose for my life. And the Sabbath, every time we come to the Sabbath, it should remind us 
um, of the fact that we were created with a divine purpose and as such it really should guard from a lot of the discouragement and depression that can crowd in when things mm-hmm. don't go the way we want them to if we keep in mind the bigger plan that despite all of it I still have a divine purpose There's an I have a divine value creator. in my that's life exactly because right. God put me here yeah that's exactly right okay um, maybe if you look at Sunday's lesson uh, the quarterly paragraph three. Well, I'm glad you want me to go there because I have that one underlined part of that. All uh, right. So this is a good point. When we remember creation, we remember that we are created in God's image, something that is not said about anything else depicted in the creation account. It's obvious that as human beings, we are radically different from any other creature on the planet, regardless of how much DNA we share in common with some other animals. And contrary to popular mythology, we are not more advanced apes or more highly evolved versions of some primeval primate. As humans made in the image of God, we are unique among all that God created on this world. And what I was, I don't know where exactly you're going with this, but from when I read that paragraph about no matter how much DNA we share mm-hmm. in common, one of the evolutionary uh, arguments is that, well, just look at us. We share so much DNAs, our, <laughs> our physical matter. and our, It's like, okay, but... As DNA co- are the building blocks of all Right, so life. creation, he <laughs> formed us out of dust. Everything's got that. So the fact that we share material in right. common, doesn't the, the distinguishing factor is not the substance, but it's the spiritual component. It's the character. It's the, it's the image of God, right. and that's distinct from everything else. Yeah. I have protein, and plants have protein, so I'm kind of just <laughs> exactly. like a plant. Exactly. You know? it's, it's a really silly argument. Well, what it brought to my mind is this powerful statement from Patriarchs and Prophets, um, page 44. Ellen White says, There is no ground for the supposition that man was evolved by slow degrees of development from the lower forms of animal or vegetable life. Such teaching lowers the great work of the Creator to the level of man's narrow earthly conceptions. Mm -hmm. Men are so intent upon excluding God from the sovereignty of the universe that they degrade man and defraud him of the dignity of his origin. Now, that just that Mm. that sentence is incredible. Like, in other words, the understanding of a creator God invests us with purpose and with value. Mm-hmm. And to buy into evolution degrades man and defrauds him. So even takes though away you that have dignity. the same man yeah. at the end of the process, understanding the origins of it and the purpose really changes our perspective on who we even are. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So she continues, He who set the starry worlds on high and tinted the delicate, with delicate skill the flowers of the field, who filled the earth and the heavens with the wonders of his power, when he came to crown his glorious work, to place one in the midst to stand as ruler of this fair earth, he did not fail to create a being worthy of the hand that gave him life. Amen. So there's more to the statement here, but the, the whole idea is that... It's incredibly moving, yeah. Man, the, the idea of creation, the realization that creation was a reality and a creator God's reality, invest man with a purpose. Amen. Invest man with a value. Uh, and so the Sabbath reminds us of that every week. Right. So it's not just creation, but the Sabbath as a memorial to that creation should trigger in our minds those very lines of reason. That's exactly right. All right. How about number two then? The Sabbath is okay. a continual reminder of God's power over sin. Yes, and number two is building on Deuteronomy 5, where Deuter- you know, in, in Exodus, the commandments tell us to remember the Sabbath day, for in six days the Lord created. When you come to Deuteronomy's version of the commandments, it goes into the idea to observe the Sabbath day because you were slaves in the land of Egypt. Right. So it ties it to the idea of deliverance. So the, the, the lesson builds on that, but the lesson also built on that last week. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of a repetition there. Um, Monday's quarterly, paragraph three, if you want to 
Sure. I want to read that there. Paragraph in three fact, for Monday. In, the, yeah. in the just that little part where it says the Sabbath is a celebration. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Which one should I get to quicker here? The Sabbath is a celebration of freedom from all the things that keep us in bondage. So the general gist of it, you know, the idea of, of the Sabbath being a sign of deliverance. Sure. Those things that keep us in bondage. Um, one of the points that, that the lesson made there then in that context, and one of the reasons I included this as a talking point, is it tells us in uh, Monday's lesson, in the last paragraph, mm -hmm. that we are set free from our own attempts at righteousness. And it's not that that's untrue, but there's this implication like the only thing we ever... Our only challenge in life is that we try to be so good. And first of all, my first thought is, for any Sabbath school teacher teaching this class, sometimes these lessons are almost like they're written for Adventists exclusively, like if you're not an Adventist or a Christian at least. Mm -hmm. Because there are people coming into your churches and coming into Sabbath school class who didn't just try so hard to be good. Yeah. They, they just downright wanted to be bad. Yeah, they're starting to come to the terms of the fact but that then, they are in rebellion. Yeah. But then you think further, that's not limited to the people outside the church. So there's this <laughs> implication in the lesson, like everybody's just, our biggest problem is... Well, and, it, as we've talked about before, there's a lot of every time sin is brought up or our condition because of sin, yes. it's always in the victim mode. Yes. That we are the recipients and just the, the, the you know, the... the the biggest problems that we have are trying too hard and we're broken and frail and we can't ever accomplish all the good that we want to do and it's in beyond it's like okay but that implies that all of us inherently really want to do well and we're trying really really hard but we just keep coming up short and we need to be free from that burden when the reality is i think there's a lot of people uh, i'll just pick them myself i know that in myself there have been times when i've known what the right thing is and i have chosen consciously to do otherwise because right. I was just being naughty. That's right. And we all do that. But then from a pastoral perspective, when we were talking about this, we both pastored a number of churches. And I wish the biggest problem I have with all my members is they all tried so hard. And so you'd you have know? to preach sermons like, hey, calm down. It's going to be okay. Well, and we, hear, on, so we yeah. hear it in lessons. We hear it in, right. I've heard it in sermons. It's like, this is our, oh, we have this big problem. Well, I'm sure somebody has that problem. But I'll tell you, by and large, as a pastor, my problem wasn't that my members were trying. So a lot of them could have tried a lot harder than they were trying, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. And so uh, a lot of us, just like you said, ourselves included, it's not that we're trying so hard to be righteous. It's that we're just not trying to be righteous yes. at all. We're just right. I'm going to live it for sin, and I'm going to. Well, even and I know it does create right, again. We're set free from our own attempts at righteousness. It, it, if you repeat a thing long enough, you end up thinking that the single biggest problem in the church is um, legalism. Yeah. That the biggest thing that we're facing, and again, you talked about you. Uh -huh. If you were to take the average pastor and ask him to scan his right. encounters with the audience, with the congregation, I wonder. Our congregations if it's are all just trying so just hard. Riddled to be with so zealous, like <laughs> yeah. extra tithers, extra do. You know. Well, you and know. what we've seen is, and I think it's a net result of this this kind of repetition that more often than not, members aren't putting forward enough effort in mm. being faithful because they're afraid of being legalistic. Mm. Mm. And so rather than trying too hard, saying, no, mm -hmm. no, no, I don't want to try because now we'll try in everything else in life. We've mentioned that before. I'll right. try for the job promotion. I'll work long yeah, hours. And save everything. money. I'll when do, it comes yeah, to my yeah. spiritual life, no, hands off, mm -hmm. you know? 
I'm not going to set my alarm clock to get up any earlier <laughs> devotions because that would be legalistic. Right. You know, well, that I don't know that the Apostle Paul with his, like, you have not strived until the you know shedding of blood yet and resisting sin. So, so anyway, the point is not a bad point that we are set free from our own attempts at righteousness. It's and there true. are times when we try to save ourselves and we try to, we, and we think we're real good and that, but that's not... We're not. That's not the limit of well, what we're to, set to free go back from to your talking point. Exactly, is it freedom from legalism? If that's your problem, yes. Yeah. But it also is freedom from the rebelliousness that's, that's right. been. So whichever ditch you're in, the Sabbath can offer you freedom. So it's a continual reminder of God's power over sin, whatever form we find it in. Yes. The Sabbath reminds us of that. His power. All right, now let's go out from beyond ourselves to yes. the point number three. True Sabbath keeping cultivates a love for souls. How is yes. that the case? Well, of course, the lesson goes to in Exodus 23, verse 12, as well as Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 14. Uh, it talks about keeping the Sabbath um, for the benefit, resting for the benefit of letting others rest. Now, mm. in, in, in the commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Bible says, so that you're... you're ox and your servant, I believe in it, it's not right in front of me, and I'm, can, can rest as well as you. So the idea is you're resting not only so you can enjoy the Sabbath rest, mm-hmm. but when you rest and you're not demanding something from somebody else, then that means they have an opportunity so to rest. your household, your family, and this is a, your even animals. A yeah. great practical point on this is there's a debate, there's been a debate for years in the church about do we go out to eat on the Sabbath? And it's What's funny to me about it is, and I don't have it here, but if you read in Desire of Ages, Ellen White says that the that the Pharisees used to hire people to come in and light their fires on the Sabbath yes. for them because it was wrong for them. I know Seventh-day Adventists are like, we don't cook on the Sabbath, so we're going to go pay somebody to do it for us. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you don't know. It. And then they think that that's being more, less Pharisaical. But that's exactly... That's the definition of Phariseeism. The yeah. But the idea is, you're if you're doing that... If you're demanding somebody else work, you're robbing them of the experience of rest. Now, inherently in this, the deeper point of this is when when I well, part of my Sabbath keeping is resting to give others an opportunity to rest, that's not just physical rest. Mm. I should mm-hmm. be thinking spirit the spiritual rest that God desires is for all humanity. And so in truth, that's why I call it true Sabbath keeping. I mean mm-hmm. I can go through mm-hmm. the motions on the Sabbath, but true Sabbath keeping and, and entering into that rest and realizing that that rest is essential for all humanity, God created it for all humanity, leads me to start thinking about others experiencing the rest that comes through Christ. And I think those bigger principles of Sabbath keeping, um, you know, one of, one of my little, I understand the need for it, but it's always been kind of a pet peeve of mine is in the bulletin. They say, all right, sunset this week is 6.57. The idea of being like, and go, you know. Yes. And so like there's Sabbath time and then click. And but the idea is that you prepare for the Sabbath ahead of time. You enjoy the Sabbath while you have it. You're, you're sad when it's over. And it's a blessing to those. Like it's not just a, a matter of time that now I'm not working. And then after this time, I can work again. Right. It, it's, it, it, it's a richer experience. It's not only a blessing to you, but through you can bless your household, your family, your neighborhood, your you, well, I you are a walking my, blessing for others. I was talking to my wife about how sometimes you can get in a mode, you know, we just moved and so we've got all this stuff going on and it's not hard to get into a mode where the Sabbath, instead of becoming a rest, mm. becomes an interruption. That's right. It's a stress. It's like I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Oh man, I've got to stop and i got so much to do and and it's easy to fall into mm-hmm. that where the sabbath is an interruption instead of a delight Mercy. and then you are you're like okay it's sundown is in we can start back at right and it becomes a very self thing like first <laughs> of all it's just i got to get through it i'm going to get my time put my time in and not do my work when this is talking about how our minds need to go off of whether it's an interruption or a hassle to us that the opportunity it provides to bless others is really 
paramount when it comes to the Sabbath day. That's right. The quarterly on Tuesday's last, last paragraph says that even the strangers within their gates, that is, even those not yet partaking of the covenantal promises given to Israel, yes. that even they should enjoy the Sabbath rest says a lot. Human beings, even animals, should never be exploited, abused, or taken advantage of. Every week, the Hebrew people, and we too, should be reminded in a powerful way of just how much we have in common with other people. And so then it's the idea of privileges of the Sabbath, extending mm -hmm. to others, and keeping in mind others. And the lesson refers to Isaiah 58. And that, yeah. And we, you know, Isaiah 58, yeah. you've got 13. For turn, if, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from mm -hmm. basically trampling the Sabbath underfoot, not doing your own pleasure, speaking your own words, mm -hmm. or seeking your own pleasure, you know, that kind of thing. But in the greater context of Isaiah, you have it there, right? The greater yes. context of Isaiah 58 is what? Oh, it's actually service to others. And that's how you find your delight in the Sabbath is by not only being blessed, but being a blessing. That's right. And when the Lord, and it starts in verse 6, we rhetorically, and we're not going to read through it, but he says, is not this the fast that I have chosen? And right. he talks about how, you know, to loose the bounds of wickedness, undo the heavy burden, let the oppressed go free. In fact, later on, verse 10, uh, if you extend your soul to the hungry, satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, then your light shall be... And then it turns into, and if you turn your foot away from the Sabbath, those are linked together to show that true Sabbath keeping is not just, again, time watching or, or endurance, but it's supposed to be an mm -hmm. active blessing through you, that you get a blessing, but you get it's more blessed to give than receive, and you can right. give that blessing to others. Uh, could you read that quote from Desire of Ages? I love this quote from Desire of Ages. 207 says, The Sabbath is not intended to be a period of useless inactivity. The law forbids secular labor on the rest day of the Lord. The toil that gains a livelihood must cease. No labor for worldly pleasure or profit is lawful upon that day. But as God ceased his labor of creating and rested upon the Sabbath and blessed it, so man is to leave the occupations of his daily life and devote those hours, those sacred hours, to healthful rest, to worship, and to holy deeds. The work of Christ in healing the sick was in perfect accord with the law. It honored the Sabbath. Great so, statement. how many Seventh Avenues grew up with again with that check mm -hmm. at six fifty seven? Yeah. Set the clock. Not and then all you laborers to cease on the Sabbath. Exactly, but we think like secular if I'm not going to do secular labor, then I'm not going to do any labor, right. and so it becomes a day of useless inactivity. No. And that's not what Jesus is talking about. <laughs> that's the lay and activities. We get into we have those jokes and should lay a, a hike to the springs, right? The bed springs, and we have these little. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, until so you told me that was funny. the. Uh, you know, and it's not not that it's inherently wrong to 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 get some physical rest on the sure. Sabbath. But some people it's just like I'm going to sleep it away until it's that's the point. Exactly, I'm going to sleep. Through <laughs> it's this like thing. going on a long trip, and it's like I'm going to sleep, and then hopefully I'll wake up and we'll get we'll be there. Well, be and over. let's be honest, a lot of people are fueling up for Saturday night. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so like now I'm ready to go. So anyway, um, now one of the things that the the that I want to point out here is, and I've got it in the lesson, that as much as the Sabbath is a time, an opportune time, to minister to others. You've got to, we've got to avoid the temptation to, to uh, postpone all of our unselfish labor for others until the Sabbath. In mm -hmm. other words, I can't do anything else, and I'm not supposed to be sleeping, so I guess I'll do something for others today, but the rest of the week is my time when mm -hmm. I can do other stuff. And so, because I have more important things to do than labor to others, you, you get a mindset yeah. that, that I'll do labor for others on the Sabbath, but that should be a culmination of yeah. what happens through the week. We should always be thinking about others as Christians. Now, the lesson also highlights in two places, Wednesday's lesson and also Thursday's lesson. It talks about ministering, and in the lesson it says in paragraph uh, four on Wednesday, especially the downtrodden and marginalized. 
and on Thursday, the outcasts and marginalized. And it, I'm assuming the lesson is trying to draw from Isaiah 58 when it's talking about mm, the hungry and what probably, have you. Yeah. However, I want to make this point. I, I don't know how many of you have read the um, the dream Ellen White shared where she went out searching. They went searching for berries, and the berries mm. were representing mm-hmm. souls. And she said most of the people were looking for what she called low bush berries. And people mm. wouldn't look for the high because you had to reach too high for the berries. But the high bush mm. berries in her in her uh the application was the more affluent of society the more that seemed like they had everything together Mm. and and in the vision that she saw nobody was laboring for them we have a tendency to limit our labors so i look at this statement and it's oh especially the downtrodden and marginalized It, it, it the language is very pc politically correct but it's limiting when we look at it because there are people that we meet in our... Well, you'll go to church on Sabbath, and there are people right there who look like they got it all together who need just as much ministering to mm. as the other guy. Now, I'm not saying excluding. I think we should minister the downtrodden, marginalized. Don't misunderstand. Absolutely. But sometimes we can assume that because a person isn't homeless or a person isn't struggling with drug addiction mm-hmm. or something like that, they're all okay. And they're mm. not. Everybody needs rest in Christ. And there are some high bush berries that really need that rest. Well, and to not consider their background or their socioeconomic status or whatever their whatever that thing is, is the actual definition of disinterested benevolence. That's right. It's like, I'm not interested, I'm not shunning you because of those things, nor am I seeking you out exclusively. My goal is to wherever I happen to be, I want to be a blessing as the Lord right. gives me opportunity. So uh, I, I think that we need to be careful in saying, like, especially these ones, because we'll pass mm-hmm. by a hundred people that are nearby to search out for that one, like... Well, you know as well as I do that sometimes my motivation for ministering to a certain person is I know I'm going to get credit for it. Mm. If I minister to this certain home, then I can go tell somebody, hey, I minister to the homeless people, and they go, oh, a pat on the yeah. back, and whatever else. So... The whole idea of disinterested is, I don't care what credit I get. I'm ministering for souls. I don't care who they are. Everybody who I come in contact with is a divine appointment, and I'm going to use my influence in connection with Christ to share Christ with them. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So we need to keep those in mind. And true Sabbath keeping keeps that in mind. And then finally, um, true Sabbath keeping is the sign that we belong to God. Now the lesson uh, on, on Thursday's quarterly paragraph three, it says the Sabbath today remains a sign between God and his people. Now, that's building on Exodus 31, 13, and 16, and 17. It brings that mm-hmm. out in the lesson on Thursday, where the Bible talks about, you know, with, with Israel, the Sabbath was to be a perpetual covenant, yes. a sign forever. Yes. And so, of course, the lesson is saying the Sabbath today, even today, because it is perpetual forever, it's still a sign between God and his people. Of course, this isn't in the lesson, but it came to my mind that especially in the prophetic picture, where you go to Revelation 12, mm-hmm. 17, mm-hmm. Revelation 14, 12, it talks about those who keep the commandments of God the commandments and the of testimony God. of Jesus, who keep the commandments of God and have the faith. Commandment keeping is especially highlighted in the last mm. days as in a, a sign between God and his people. And we were talking earlier about why that is with the Sabbath above other commandments. Yeah, because it could be, I mean, you think about the Sabbath and it does seem from a human perspective almost arbitrary or like why couldn't we make it sunday why yes. couldn't we do anything else why well because that's the definition of commandment keeping is you don't have to understand it you don't now to be clear i'm not saying the sabbath is arbitrary right but even if it were if god says so okay 
That's the bottom line. It, it, it's a demonstration. So of the we fact can talk that, about benefits to Sabbath keeping. Sure. But if there were no benefit right. at all, what but fact, God said, do it. I believe in the in the uh, probably not so distant future there will actually be a lot of down yes. down <laughs> detriment to keeping the <laughs> if Sabbath. If you do you a pro be, and con list, yeah, you're gonna be a lot more a lot cons of penalties, and pros. Yes. You know, a lot of societal outcasts. But the reason you keep it isn't because well I get a blessing or I'm going to live right. longer. No, it's, you might live shorter and it might be That's a right. real hassle. But you do it because he says so. And that's the bottom line. It's a sign between me and you that you're my people who will do what I say. That's exactly right. Pretty straightforward. Uh, great statement here in the Loma Linda Messages, uh, page 33. Ellen White comments about how this has always been the case with God's people. The Sabbath has always been something that has set them apart. Mm -hmm. The law of God and the spirit of prophecy go hand in hand to guide and counsel the church. And whenever the church has recognized this by obeying his law, the spirit of prophecy has been sent to guide her in the way of truth. And then she quotes Revelation 12, 17. Here, exactly. those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Then she comments, This prophecy, Revelation 12, 17, points out clearly that the remnant church will acknowledge God in his law and will have the prophetic gift. Obedience to the law of God and the spirit of prophecy has always distinguished the true people of God. So mm. this has always been a sign, mm. just as God said. It's a perpetual sign. It still is a sign. In the very last days, it will be that indicator of who are choosing mm. to be faithful to God. Mm. And the last two paragraphs on Thursday, could you read those? Sure. God's Sabbath is a constant reminder of our origins, our liberation. No, the, la the, the next one. Sorry. Two. That's a good one, but yes, the last two. Okay. Well, oh, I'm that sorry. That is the last two on Thursday. You're right. Go ahead. Thank you. God's Sabbath. I hated saying that. that I know. Hard. It really hurts, doesn't yeah. it? I couldn't even form it. God's <laughs> Sabbath is a constant reminder of our origins, our liberation, our destiny, and our responsibility to the outcasts and the marginalized. In fact, the Sabbath is so important that instead of our coming to it, it comes to us every week and without exception, a perpetual reminder of who we are, who made us, what he is doing for us, and what we, uh, what he will ultimately do for us when he makes new heavens and a new earth. Continuing on, it says, A holy God invites his human covenant partners to consider the rhythm that governs what really counts, the saving relationship between the creator and redeemer and his wayward creation. Every week, and with the force and authority that comes from God, we are commanded to enter into the rest that we have been given freely in Christ Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Mm. Good point there in the lesson. And then I want to close with this uh, in conclusion on Friday's lesson, the very first uh, quote at the top of the page. And I've got one more um, sentence to add to this. It says, All through the week we are to have the Sabbath in mind and be making preparation to keep it according to the commandment. We are not merely to observe the Sabbath as a legal matter. Now it ends it there, but I've got the next sentence because I thought it was helpful. It goes on to say, we are to understand its spiritual bearing upon all the transactions of life. This mm. is contrasting merely observing the Sabbath as a legal matter. You're just going through the motions. And the, I think what counters that is that next sentence that says we are to understand its spiritual bearing upon all the transactions mm -hmm. of life. In other words, it's not a one day a week thing that I subscribe to. Right. It affects what I do all the time. Exactly. It's that sign between me and God and the world that I belong to God. Well, believe it or not, Pastor Howard, we've come to the end of our time, and there were two weeks worth of Sabbath discussions yes. in this lesson. So I trust that the the Sabbath school classes will be a blessing as yeah. people dive into these topics. And as we close today, could you give us a word of prayer? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for the Sabbath. 
Uh, Lord, there are benefits and blessings to keeping the Sabbath, but our greatest blessing is knowing you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Lord, we pray throughout um, this world, those who are studying this lesson this week would be drawn closer to you, gain a clear understanding of their identity and purpose as creatures of the Most High God, and Lord, of the blessing that we are debtors to share with others uh, who know not God, Lord, that we would be faithful witnesses, and the Sabbath would remind us of that spiritual rest that we want others to have as well. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayer, for we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.